How's it going, sir? Going well, Ruben. Hello, everyone. Welcome to technically week two of the 2020 NFL season. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Nice intro there. Didn't even work on it. That was just right off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, currently uh, we've got the the Bengals and Browns playing uh, first game of the week two schedule. Um, not really a game that thrills me. It is what it is. But uh, appreciate those listening. This is going to be a really great episode. It's our first chance of the season to recap that just crazy week one win that the Titans had in Denver on the road. Um, and then, of course, we'll look ahead to our home opener versus Jacksonville. Yeah, this is this is going to be a fun week because we kind of, I guess, finally have some sort of normalcy of what we imagined the show was going to be uh, yes. going week to week. I think we would have started this earlier had there been uh, preseason games. So it kind of left us uh, fishing around for different things. So I'm glad we're here and I'm glad we get to talk about the big win on Monday night, which was nice to see. Um, I was actually a bunch of uh, neighbors over and stuff like that over the weekend. So that was a lot of fun to watch football with them. So shout out to those neighbors. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. It's a, it's a good uh, call out there. I mean, this is, this is why we wanted to start this podcast and really just have a chance week over week, game over game to kind of just talk about how the team did, where they're at and, and, and looking ahead. Um, and I think, you know, I, I've heard this word kind of thrown around even on some of the, you know, the, the media coverage since it, it, sloppy kind of seems to be the, one of the keywords from, from that first game we had in Denver, it was a bit of a sloppy first game, perhaps for both teams. Um, certainly had its moments overall, Tennessee able to win 16, uh, 14. We held on for the victory. Um, and in, to me, there's definitely some, some winnable stat lines where on paper, you would just imagine that this was definitely a Titans win. Um, and so if, is there anything you want to call out before before I kind of go over the stat sheet? Uh, no, it was, it was definitely a good game. I mean, it was good to see the, the Titans in action. I think a lot of the stuff that we had heard about and almost kind of felt like rumor mill because you couldn't actually see any preseason games. You couldn't, you know, really see the practices uh, that, it you know, all the talk we had heard over – it felt like a thousand Zoom calls uh, – finally came into fruition and, and endless and zoom really, calls yeah it seemed like it finally came together because it it just seemed like it'd been like a month long of seeing players and coaches faces and you weren't really sure <laughs> what you were going to see on monday to be honest um but it all came together and it was nice to get a win uh especially in a tough place like denver i mean you know it's hard to overstate how difficult it is to play there with the higher altitude um and, and then you know the awkwardness of not having fans so it was definitely a tough situation to open the season on a road game considering, you know, the conditions are now. So it definitely was a a, a long track to get there, but we're, we're here and now, and I think we should dive into the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You know, you, it was almost like you kind of got glimpses during training camp there, almost like previews before actually seeing a movie, you know. So it was like we kind of had an idea or a sense of where the team was at. But, you know, there were some also some late changes that were significant, adding a kicker, adding Clowney. Um, 
you know, and, and as you mentioned, you know, anyone will tell you playing in Denver, it's a challenge just because of the altitude, let alone how, how well their team is just playing. So definitely a lot of nerves, but we got through it. We got the win. <clears throat> so what, what stood out to me in this game is, is these areas where, where Tennessee essentially won. We, we had seven more uh, first downs than Denver. We also ended up with 54 more yards in total offense. Uh, defensively, we were able to force the game's only turnover. Uh, and we also held Denver to just 33% on third down, which overall that's pretty critical. Um, our offense did manage to convert. It's only fourth down. So we were hundred percent on those, uh, penalty wise, I think considering that, you know, we didn't really have any preseason to kind of work through things. We only had five penalties for 37 yards and that's not, that's really not too bad for, a week one with no preseason coming off training camp. Um, and we also won time of possession by over five minutes. I thought that was interesting because typically we're not always a team that wins that time of possession uh, battle, so to speak. So that was kind of cool in terms of controlling the game. So on paper, it's like Tennessee had to have won the game. <laughs> but then we missed three field goals and an extra point in uh, Goskowski's debut as a Titan. There were also a few interceptions that we could have had on Drew Locke that we just couldn't come up with. Guys sort of diving at balls, it getting tipped, and we just we just couldn't haul them in. Uh, and then, of course, defensively, the, the biggest challenge was that Rashad Evans early in the game uh, was ejected for uh, overreacting to a little scuffle that he had with a Broncos player. He threw a punch, so he got ejected. Um, so all of that together, it was at times uh, maybe too entertaining, a little bit stressful of a game. Yeah, it, it was a little stressful at times. I think the you know the missed field goals definitely added a lot of stress. I know for me, you know, coming from a game last year where I watched four kicks, sort of. Uh, go the other way where he misses four kicks and and we end up losing the game. So uh, it was nice to kind of overcome all of that situation. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it was rough, but yeah, it was a really interesting game to watch. I mean, like you said, and I think you did a great job calling out all the key stats of the game. I mean, um, you know, I think it was nice to see that Tannehill only took one sack, you know, Mm -hmm. QBR on ESPN was, you know, 80, uh, compared to Drew Locke, you know, Drew Locke actually didn't have any sacks, you know, didn't take any sacks, I should say, but his QBR was at 68%. Um, and then, you know, you look at the rushing stats, you know, we just dominated on the ground, you know, 130 yards total rushing in Denver, you know, to 107. They did pick up the touchdown on the ground, which was interesting considering how strong we played at the goal line. But, you know, it was still, a, a you know, we still won the game. Um, you know, and again, passing yards, we dominated there uh, with Corey Davis taking the lead. Um, and surprisingly, their tight end uh, font uh, picking up 81 yards with one touchdown. Uh, but I think it comes back to a point you made earlier with not having Richard Evans on the phone, who probably would have covered him a little bit more uh, closer than we had, you know, kind of trying to scramble uh, dealing with him out like that. Um but, yeah, we definitely played a tough game, and it was good to see that we recovered a fumble. Um, you know, so and, – and we kind of look at the defensive stats. Uh, again, it was kind of sad not to see any sacks, but, you know, I know we didn't have Beasley on the line and some different things, but we did get uh, five quarterback hits. So I think that was significant uh, to, you know, put that pressure on, you know, kind of a young quarterback like that. 
And, you know, Vaccaro, uh, as I watched the tape and even looking at the stats right now, I mean, he was all over the place just flying around. And so was uh, Bayer leading uh, total uh, tackles, you know, for the defensive side. So, yeah, and kind of working back or backwards rather off of that, um, I, I, I like that you mentioned Bayer there because I thought that was significant. Eight tackles on the night seemed to kind of really feel a void, you know, with Evans being out where he was, as you mentioned, even with Vicaro sort of all over. Um, and we did have those QB hits. So even though we didn't get to see a sack, I mean, Landry had a couple of QB hits. Uh, Simmons obviously got that fumble recovery in addition to some of his tackles. And look, Clowney's debut, I thought, really, all things considered, was great. He showed that speed. He showed the kind of pressure that he's capable of putting on a quarterback to force the issue, to force a play. Um, so he had three tackles overall, one QB hit. Kind of got you know tired throughout the game. It's, it's expected, so to speak. But I thought that was encouraging. Um, and, and offensively, you know, I was impressed. There's been all this talk about, you know, us keeping Tannehill and whether or not he's going to regress. I thought he played a great game overall in terms of his decisions, 29 to 43, 249 yards. He had two touchdowns. And an interesting thing about Tannehill is that he now has nine games with at least two TD passes and no interceptions, right? And the only two quarterbacks that are even close to that are Lamar Jackson and Drew Brees, and they have six. So I, I throw that out there, you know, Honestly, to the haters, to the people who think that we <laughs> aren't going to be able to continue to ride Ryan Tannehill, I totally disagree. I think he proved yet again he knows how to manage a game. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Derrick Henry somehow quietly rumbles for 116 yards. You know, he, he I think his longest run was 13, so it didn't necessarily seem like he got that huge run of the night. But he ran, I think, all things considered, again, in a debut game, I think he ran well. Yeah, no, I, it, you texted that to me that he had quietly 116 yards, and it really did feel that way when you, when you, I rewatched the game on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday uh, it never felt like Henry was dominating the game, even though, again, you look at the stat sheet and he has 116 yards. And, you know, conversely, uh, you look at Clowney's stat sheet, and he only had two solo tackles and one QB hit. But, again, you watch the tape, and for the first half of the game, he's like flying around all over the line and they're having, they're having so much trouble with them. It just doesn't show up on the stats, but yeah, Henry, you know, didn't, didn't, um, I don't think he kind of had his best game and considering he had over a hundred yards. Uh, I think some, there was a lot of times watching the tape where, uh, he, you know, had a few shoestring tackles here and there. Uh, you would like to see him kind of clean that up, but coming back to uh, the Tannehill, uh, segment that you just kind of had it's true he he really did look good I mean he did everything that you would expect a quarterback that signed a long-term contract with the team coming off the playoffs would do I mean he's playing some of the best football right now um he opened the game with you know a a first down just running the ball you know I mean that's that's how excited he was you could tell the to get in the game you didn't see anything and just took off and used his wheels so I mean yeah he's playing great football and I mean, you really can't say enough about about the guy. I mean, especially when you sort of, you know, throw in the uh, Brady factor who we were kind of, you know, entertaining, maybe picking up over the offseason. You know, there was a lot of talk of possibly coming to Vrabel, you know, the old Patriot way type of thing and, and, and those kinds of, you know, there was a lot of talk about that. But then we ended up signing Tannehill again, which wasn't didn't really seem like a big splash at the time. You know, but now you can just see how, I mean, he's just carrying on, you know, as good as he has been playing, you know, 
all, for all his career, you know? So. Yeah. I think it's a great example really with our offense overall of <clears throat> trying to make the best of the situation. Um, I, I didn't really look it up specifically. They did talk about it during the broadcast that, you know, Tannehill was, was audibling quite a bit throughout the night, trying to read the defense. And sometimes that didn't result into like a major play per se, but I think it just prevented us from, from maybe being too aggressive or making a mistake that would result in a turnover. Um, so really it just, it's good game management. And I, I think some of it too, with, with Henry maybe having arguably a quieter night, you know, we're still filling things out. I mean, I, I think there's a lot to our offense that we'll continue to see you know, we, we knew throughout training camp, they were talking about Henry being more in the passing game. I thought they did a really good job, uh, even in that game against Denver, um, with kind of trying to work Henry in passing wise. I know we had at least one first down that he was able to get that really was a result of the defense, just not paying attention to him over the middle. Um, and so I think we saw, you know, just enough creativity from Arthur Smith and the group, uh, that night to help us, uh, get the win. Yeah, I think Tannehill looked really good, and he really commanded the offense. But you know, to Arthur uh, Smith's credit, I mean, he—it really seemed like the play calling uh, seemed a lot smoother, kind of coming out. I felt like when we we ran the ball when we should have run the ball, and we passed the ball when we we should have passed the ball. And then you saw all those kinds of little wrinkles in, like the you know the scores that we had were to tight ends that you know I almost had to watch that. Uh, one with Janu, uh, the second touchdown to Janu, like I had to watch that, like, uh, you know, like a couple of times to even understand how he got so open, um, you know. So uh, I think Arthur Smith is just really coming into his own. I mean, you know, he he's definitely more comfortable when you watch him uh, kind of do interviews now, but uh, it's definitely showing with his play calling. I I really just didn't feel like there was anything he was calling that was just so kind of obscure. And then, like you said, getting Henry involved with the passing game is huge. You know, I know he, he again, quietly only had 15 yards, but you know, there was, you know, points last year. I remember that people wouldn't even cover Henry right now in the backfield because they just yeah. knew the ball wasn't even going to him. Uh, so when he did catch some of those balls, you could tell there was sort of a, a different feel to it. And he did kind of catch that screen. It didn't, it doesn't show up as a, a receiving catch, but he did, catch that screen where he had a pretty good yardage off of it because he caught it behind the line but so you know yeah I think he's definitely showing you know different things and it's good to see the play calling coming together so I think the offense really kind of did really well for you know Tuesday night or Monday night sorry yeah and again for it being the first game I I would agree I, I think the goal it seems like even after just one game really is to just try to be precise you know I, I'm sure we'll take some shots I'm sure we'll see as the season goes on depending on the matchups and the coverage I'm sure we'll get back to seeing some more uh, aggressive you know even play action plays but I think for the game that we were in for the scenario that we were in I think it was very well called and executed so Really just, just appreciate the, the effort that the boys displayed. Yeah, I agree. And the defense, you know, not taking anything from them, I think it was also a really well-called game on their side of the ball too. Absolutely. Well, and especially because to have Rashad Evans not be in the game, I think is huge. I mean, that's that's usually such a critical guy uh, that's able to do so many things, especially just executing the tackles. So to play as well as they did, they had that epic goal line stand that was really crucial uh, Simmons kind of led the way on that. I mean, it, it really kind of showed that that same bend don't break mentality that we've we've become, I dare say, spoiled to. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what made it even crazier was you know Will Compton had to basically come off the bench, who 
was probably going to rotate in at some point. And, you know, he barely signed with the team pretty late in training camp. You know, uh, I mean, that was pretty crazy to kind of expect what we got out of him that night, you know, so it was really impressive to see him kind of take charge of the defense considering, you know, that Evans got kind of thrown up, you know, so early. Yeah. And I know uh, Corey Davis got a game ball. Obviously he had a, a, a monster performance for us with the hundred yards on seven catches. And it's a good call out though for Compton, because I think it's a great example of that next man up, you know, mentality. We just, we need guys to be ready, whether it's one play, a few plays, different sides of the ball, or in that case, we needed it because we we didn't have someone to fill that spot. So I think he did a good job. I know David Long uh, was also in the game uh, throughout the night. I mean, Jayon had a good play. So you're you're seeing guys that we are familiar with or would possibly expect that kind of effort from. So it was super encouraging. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. It was definitely next man up, which is key for a team a team like ours that you know it doesn't have too many star players. They just kind of do it holistically. And, you know. and something else that I, I want to mention, I know you've got some really good breakdowns on each drive throughout the game, so I want to get to that. But this is something that I think is is sometimes so overlooked but so hard to also appreciate. It's just our team's poise. Like, this is one of those games where, I mean, you talk about we had a game like this last year where we missed all these field goals, couldn't win against Buffalo at home. Uh, to have a game like that in Denver on the road, opening night, um, prime time, you know, and you're, you're making all these little mistakes, so to speak, that are causing us to not get points. And then Denver took the lead. I just thought it was incredible that we get the ball so late in the game, three minutes left and nobody batted an eye. I mean, there, there was complete poise. We went out executed. Um, I just think that that really says a lot just about our team, our offense, you know, the leadership we have between Arthur Smith and obviously Tannehill helping to execute everything. I was just really impressed by that. Not surprised, but impressed. Yeah, no, it was impressive. I mean, considering what a tough team the Broncos were playing at home on, you know, such a crazy offseason uh, to keep it together like that. And, and yeah, I, I completely agree. I think uh, last year or even, you know, previous years, you would have just seen the team kind of shrug their shoulders and kind of, you know, I wouldn't say lay down and die, but just sort of like attributed to, well, we missed all these kicks. So, you know, our heads were kind of hanging, but it never really felt like that in the game. I mean, I probably was more upset that he missed the kicks than yeah. uh, the actual team, which was, you know, kind of cool to see that, you know, they never panicked. And then the goal line stand, you know, there, uh, that was just so huge, you know? So yeah, the team kept it together and I think they just really believe in each other. And I think all the, the family and, team building that they do you know as an organization is is really working because i think they just all trust each other yeah i agree and you know we we got to experience a new monday night football crew there in that game with uh steve levy uh brian grease and then lewis riddick and i thought levy called it towards the end of that game with our last drive because he was like doesn't it feel like the titans are down by way more than a touchdown because at that point in the game with everything that had happened it was almost like it was, you know, 20 to nothing Denver. Um, so just just really amazing effort from the boys. Um, super proud on that aspect. So I know you've got some good notes on on the drives throughout the game. What what stood out to you? Uh you know, I think I think what really stood out to me was just again, really good execution. Um, and some of it was to play calling. Um, you know, a lot of guys 
made some mental mistakes. I mean, you saw guys just kind of missing blocks or uh, not, you know, holding their guy long enough, or, you know, you saw some drop balls, but, you know, outside of, of some of those things that you, you kind of saw on the tape, I think overall that the team's just playing really good football right now. Um, I know it's just the first game, but, you know, they just kind of, it just seems like they're, they're more, uh, you know, you know, when you get nervous, you're sort of thinking about all the nervousness and you don't get to actually react. It seemed like they were just reacting and, and not really worrying about that. So that really kind of seemed like the way the, the game was going or the way I could kind of you know visually see it from the tape. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, you know, again, having not, it's a little bit hard to really tell like how much teams maybe rely on having that, you know, preseason. I know we could probably even just have two games instead of four and we'd be fine, but um, I think you did see a little bit of the edge that takes off of going into that first game of the season, but uh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think the the preseason might have cleared up some of those blocking mistakes and some of the drops that you saw, but I, I think overall, I mean, it was sort of uh, neutralized because I think Denver had some of the same issues, you know. So, uh, so I think next year, I'm pretty sure they're gonna use this year to kind of look at things and say, all right, well, do we really need so many games? Um, you know, they probably, I think you're absolutely right. They'll probably go down to two or three game, you know, set next year, you know? So, but that being said, I think we should try jump into some of these drives. I, I'm really excited to kind of talk about some of the stuff I saw. So, yeah. What do you got? All right. So on the first drive, again, it was just a nice, uh, to see Tannehill run for the first down. I thought that was amazing. Um, I think, uh, you know, Luan in that drive actually gave up a really bad sack. Uh, you know, I'm going to try to talk about some of the negatives too, um, just to be fair. Uh, Cause you know, it's, it's it being so biased. I could talk all the good stuff all day long, but Luan did miss a, a bad, uh, a bad block. And that's actually where the sack came from uh, that Tannehill had, you know, um, and then uh, there was a delay a game on that drive, uh, which was interesting because I thought Frabel should have maybe called a timeout, but, you know, he ended up, you know, kind of just letting it play out. It didn't really hurt the drive overall because we ended up calling a really great screen to Janu Smith, who uh, had a great, you know, catch. And then what was interesting about that play was uh, the – right guard Davis and then uh, Ben Jones actually ran pretty far down the field and made blocks down the field that really opened things up for Smith to make such a good uh, catch and run. So that was really good to see. Um, but then, you know, uh, later on in that drive, you did have a bad uh, drop by AJ. Um, and then Henry uh, was running the ball decently in that drive, but I, there was a few missed blocks as well. So that kind of how it all kind of stalled out, you know, for, for that particular drive. Um, then we kind of get the uh, – we go – we play defense. Defense is just stellar right off the back. I mean, on the first play, uh, Clowney just beats his guy uh, and gets in the backfield. Um, he doesn't doesn't do anything, but you could just see how effective he, he's going to be for the rest of the year. Um, again, uh, Clowney lines up in front of a tight end, beats that guy, and, you know, makes a, a, a really nice uh, run to the quarterback again. Um, and then you just see Simmons, like – in that same drive, uh, just disrupting the, the line of scrimmage. It was amazing. He just it seemed like they just didn't have an answer for him right out of the back. And then, you know, Denver ended up punting. So uh, it was definitely a, a good defensive stand there. Um, the, the next drive back on offense, uh, Henry 
you know, ran right and, you know, just seemed to be, you know, struggling. Well, it seemed like he did better running to the right side, kind of looking at the tape. Uh, but I, I thought, you know, uh, Davis was struggling a bit uh, blocking on that side as well. So it, it seemed like he, he felt more comfortable going to his right, but I think the blocking wasn't as good at times. Um, you know, and then uh, Saffold uh, actually had a really good block on one of Henry's runs, which gave him a 10-yard run. Uh, he hustled downfield and, and really knocked the, the defense off uh, with that, you know, blocking like that. Um, and then again on that drive, uh, you know, it's just crazy how good the offensive line, you know, being uh, together for so long, you know, has just done well. I mean, you know, it, the, you just really can't say enough about that continuity that the offensive line has. And then uh, in that same drive, uh, uh, was kind of there was actually a funny moment. Uh, Henry ran for five yards, and then he kind of ran into Ben Jones, and then. Uh, Ben Jones kind of mistakenly kind of brought him down. Like I, I would say he tackled him, but it just kind of looked like that when you kind of see it on the tape. I don't know if you remember that play, but it was kind of yeah. funny. Uh, I kind of thought like, what are, what are you doing, Ben Jones? But it really wasn't his fault. He just kind of turns around and Henry's like right there in front of him. And then they just kind of fall down together. So it was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> um, then we kind of get the ball back. Uh, I'm sorry. Denver gets the ball back and defense comes back out. And again, it's just nothing but really good plays uh, from the defense. Clowney did get kind of uh, faked out on one play there. It was kind of like a RPO that sort of happened. Um, you could tell that was kind of maybe the rust or or him not being in training camp to kind of not understand that assignment. Uh, but you know, I think uh, Vrabel, you know, kind of called that out that he, you know, he's just still new and he's learning things, but. Uh, you know, that was kind of one of the first kind of mistakes. And the only reason why I kind of pointed that out more so was because I feel like Clown is going to really help us with those RPO plays because you can line him up on that uh, that le- uh, that right side of the offense and you can actually just kind of leave him alone on an island because he's so athletic that, uh, you know, if the quarterback decides to run with the ball, he's so fast he could actually chase him down where other outside uh, linebackers like that might not be so lucky um, leaving them on an island anyways. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, Ricardo had some good plays on that. Um, and, you know, that's kind of where that, that uh, second defensive drive ended up with, uh, you know, and that's also the drive that uh, Evans ended up getting ejected, which was unfortunate. Um, and so then we go back to the offense, getting the ball, kind of nothing special there. Uh Kern actually had a really nice kick on that, uh, which was kind of a highlight of that drive. You know, he nailed that 60-yard, 66-yard punt. I mean, that was huge. Um, I mean, the guy's such a stud. It's kind of funny how we have a great punter and our kick, our field goal kicker has always been kind of all over the place, right? Um, <laughs> never understand that part of it. Uh, so then the defense kind of comes back out on the field. Um, Vaccaro, again, just making some really nice stops. You know, Clowney's just beating left guards, you know, left and right. And that's the drive that Byard ends up forcing the fumble with Simmons recovering. Um, it was really good to see Simmons hustle on that play, too. Um, he had a run from kind of the other side of the field. Those are like little things that he doesn't really get credit for. You know, he just kind of gets credit for the recovery. But uh, that was a tough 
a tough play to make considering you had to run from the other side of the field and then fall on the ball. I know, I know they do a lot of drills with that, but he just, you know, excellent hustle to just get to the ball and, and make that play. Um, and step in here whenever you want. I'm just kind of reading off a lot of the notes that I saw. <laughs> You're good, man. I mean, I, the, the one drive I, I want to highlight is at the end of the game. So I'm just trying to let you kind of walk through what you okay. want to highlight, man. Yeah. So then the, the offense gets the, the ball after that. Uh, you see Corey Davis on this drive actually throw a really good block, which gets Henry 10 yards. Um, and that was actually a drive that uh, Henry got a wildcat play uh, thrown in there. I thought that was kind of interesting to see. Um, them kind of put Henry in that position. Uh, and that's actually the drive that Pruitt ends up scoring, uh, which was a, a great catch, by the way. You know, he just kind of had to rotate all the way around to catch, make that ball. I thought I thought for sure he wasn't actually going to catch the ball just due to the, the, the way he had it turn around. But for him to hold on to that was huge, and that was our first score. So that was, that was good to see. Um, then the defense comes back out again. Uh, at this point is kind of giving us some problems. I think that was also, again, due to Evans not being in the game. Uh, I think if he had actually uh, been in there, I don't think Font would have had such a big game. But nonetheless, uh, he ends up giving us a lot of trouble on this drive. Uh, Simmons, you know, had really nice stops on Lindsey. It's kind of a no-brainer for him being so big and Lindsey being so small. He just manhandled him. Um, This is where you started to see Clowney uh, kind of get a little bit more tired. Uh, I think he would have had a, a few sacks maybe on this, you know, playing defense on this drive had he not been so tired. But, you know, it's not hard to blame the guy considering how much he was doing and how new he was to the team. Um, again, Simmons uh, just has really good stops here. And another thing to call out was this is where uh, Gordon ends up uh, sc- scoring a Oh, no, I'm sorry. I got that wrong. Uh, Gordon ends up hitting a wall uh, there at the goal line on third down, and then Simmons ends up making the play to stop on fourth down, which ended up saving the touchdown. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, we are starting this trend uh, where it's like at least once a year we have uh, an incredibly epic goal line stand, um, although we did it even in the playoffs last year in that wild card game against New England. Um I just love that we're able – I mean, you never want to see a team allow another team down that close to the goal line, but if they want to go for it, just knowing that there's that possibility they could get stopped is is epic. Yeah, and coincidentally, you know, last year with when Gordon was with San Diego uh, and we were at the goal line kind of similarly at home, uh, we had that huge stop, remember, uh, and it was on Gordon. So Gordon really doesn't have <laughs> really good luck against us down in that side of the field. Uh, <laughs> um, we go on to go back on offense here. Uh, there were some really nice catches by Humphreys. Uh, can't say enough good things. It was really cool to see him kind of evolve into what I think we talked about last year, him doing, which was catching a lot of those underneath stuff, you know, kind of doing those curl routes where it just kind of runs about five or six yards comes back in and, and uh, Tannehill hits him, kind of turning back around. Uh, we finally got to see that. So I think that was really nice to see in the game. Uh, Davis uh, actually caught a nice ball, and the refs actually missed a face mask on that. I don't know if you caught that when you were watching the game, but I was yelling and screaming at the TV because I was like, he was face masked, you know. Uh, but they didn't catch it. Uh, and then uh, AJ had a really good uh, grab there as well on that drive. But then unfortunately 
uh, that's the kick that uh, Gronkowski ends up missing, uh, which, you know, kind of rewatching the tape, it was pretty obvious that actually Saffold uh, gave up a huge block and allowed the defender to come in. So, you know, you know, and I know we haven't dived into Gronkowski missing all those kicks quite yet, but, you know, I don't really think he should take a lot of the blame or at least he should take half the blame, if you will, because Saffold was actually lined up next to the center on the right side. And I don't know why uh, he just sort of didn't seem to kind of be on top of special teams. I mean, I know you ended up looking up had he actually played special teams before or, you know, snaps like that, but he struggled on, on those kicks and, you know, I really can't understand why, you know, but I hope they really address that this week. Cause I'm sure it's going to show up on tape for the special teams coordinator. Yeah. I mean, I think as, as Vrabel put it after the game, I mean, everyone, everyone contributes, everyone has to get better. Um, you know, and, and Saffold, especially with the Rams did have a lot of snaps on special teams. It's, it's execution like any other play. So I, I'm sure that, it's something that they'll continue to work on and that we'll, uh, we'll ideally see improvement on. So what, uh, where are we at here in the game? Uh, we are now on the uh, fifth uh, defensive drive. Uh, Jackson, uh, the rookie who had to come in uh, for a Dory being out, actually had really good coverage on this particular drive. He ended up uh, missing a tackle, but, you know, that's part of him being a rookie. Um, and then there was a receiver drops the ball, so we go three and out. So that was nice to see. Uh, we get the ball back. Um, you know, there was this really nice run by Henry. It was like a delayed uh, kind of run play. Uh, he ended up picking some really nice yardage up on that. Again, I think that that comes back to Arthur Smith just kind of coming to his own on, you know, some of the play calling, um, mm. you know. Uh, so that's actually the drive that uh, – there was a interception that Tannehill actually ended up throwing, but it was nullified by the uh, uh, interference call that ended up happening. Or was it a was it interference call? Uh, yeah, I think it was an interference call that ended up bringing that back. Um, so that worked out. <laughs> I got lucky. Uh, uh, there was also something really nice on this drive that I wanted to really highlight on. Um, so what happened was is that Ben Jones so, – so Denver tried to hide their coverage where they had a guy line up over the uh, – I think it was the ride receiver, and then they had the outside linebacker. And so Ben Jones, for some reason, actually noticed that uh, they were going to blitz on that side. You really wouldn't have known it kind of looking at the play, but he sniffs it out, and he starts like yelling over uh, onto the left side uh, to uh, Saffold and Luan – and they were actually able to pick up the blitz on that side and not have the, you know, the leak on that, you know, come from the blitz. So that was really good to see, you know, Ben Jones with, you know, being a veteran like that, uh, be able to call that out and just kind of snuff that out. Because if you had looked at the play, you would have never known they were blitzing on that side just based on the way they were lined up. So I thought that was really cool to see. And, and, and I it took me a couple of rewinds to kind of catch it, but Ben Jones was all over it, you know. Yeah, ben. Uh, that also is uh, where Casey had a tip ball, which was, you know, it's hard not to give him props just kind of being an old tight end like he was. Um, well, look, I, I thought he'd get a couple of sacks. He did have a couple of tip passes, so you knew he would make his, his presence known in some, yeah, in some way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. 
And again, this is where the the drive again where uh, Saffold again uh, doesn't do well, and of course Gonkrowski misses. Uh, it was kind of a combination between the two on this one, where Saffold actually blocked a tad better than he did the first time, but Gonkowski just pulled it a little bit to the left and he misses. So, uh, you know, that's just tough, but whatever. Um, and then you go back to defense again. Vaccaro just he was all over this drive. He almost had an interception on this drive and he actually had some really good tackles. Again, we forced a three and out, which was good to see from the defense. Um, you come back to the offense after that. Um, again, it's just, uh, uh, just really good runs by Henry. Henry's kind of wearing out the defense at this point, you know, um, you could just see how he was just, you know, running down the field. Uh, so that was good to see. Uh, just different. Davis actually caught a nice ball in double coverage, uh, which was, you know, it's outstanding by his part, uh, you know, and Humphreys again, just showcasing his underneath skills. And then we sort of end the drive with a, a touchdown to Janu, who um, again, I don't know how he ended up so alone, but he, he did. <laughs> um, I think it's just a good play. It's good execution. If I remember right, there was a bit of a fake on that play uh, or, or something that Tanny essentially did at the snap that it kind of really forced the defense to just freeze just long enough. Maybe a second gets to play just enough for, for Johnny yeah. to get open. Yeah, it was really some good trickery and, again, good play calling by Arthur Smith. They loaded up that right side, and then Johnny just kind of broke free through some of the, the chaos that they did with you know the different – kind of out patterns they had coming out of coming off the ball so yeah that worked out really nicely <laughs> and and you know really big way to start the fourth quarter as well because at that point the game somehow was still tied so to get that score uh, even though we didn't get the extra point it was certainly huge and a bit of a momentum shift to, to go yeah, up at that point. yeah good call yeah for sure um the defense got came back out on the field uh there was definitely uh a really good play uh, by Brown on that drive. He had a, a really nice tackle. Um, also, uh, Landry actually had a really nice open field tackle. That was good to see uh, for, a, you know, one of the bigger guys on the line kind of make a, a really good tackle like that. I thought that was really good to see. So I definitely give him props for that. Uh, unfortunately, in this uh, on this drive, we ended up giving up a score. So that kind of sucked uh, right there. But I believe that's kind of the that should be the uh, last time that Denver actually scores so that's the only highlight from that um the offense gets the ball back uh this is where I saw um Blasey game kind of miss some blocks here as a you know when he was playing in the fullback position um, I think that's some stuff they got to clean up this week hopefully uh, they can address that through practice and try to get him to you know in kind of to, to break down that a little bit he, he tends to kind of pass off the first guy he kind of runs by, kind of thinking that Henry's going to get by him too. Uh, but that guy ended up getting Henry where I think he was kind of focused on the downfield block a little bit more. So he's just got to make sure that he clears the way a little bit better so that Henry doesn't run into that first guy. Because, you know, Henry's once he's up in speed, he's like unstoppable. But he kind of slow him down a little and he, he has to kind of reset again. And, and he's not the fastest guy in that regard. So, you know, hopefully – uh, they can clean that up so that he just stays in full stride, you know. Uh, we had a delay of game on that drive as well, which kind of sucked. Um, the defense gets the ball back. Uh, you know, Compton gives up 
a bad run on that play, but Vercaro comes back with some really nice tackling. Um, Landry hit a lock pretty hard on that drive, uh, and I thought that was notable because uh, he kind of hits him, and it looks like he kind of caught his arm a little bit. Um, and it seemed like uh, Locke after that never kind of threw the ball the same. You know, I can't, I can't say that he was hurt because, you know, he ended up not coming out of the game or anything. But I thought that hit was significant uh, in terms of showing Locke that we were going to get to him. And then, again, it, it sort of looked like he tweaked his arm a bit. But, you know, again, he didn't come out of the game. But I thought that was really good that Landry made it home. Um, offense gets the ball back, but it's just a really bad series here. Just went three and out. Um, which was kind of bad to see. Uh, so we just kicked the ball, play defense. Defense comes back out. Uh, there was a really bad drop by, you know, Denver. Uh, but they end up – and Compton makes a good play on that same drive. Uh, but basically three and out from Denver, uh, and he overthrows the receiver. It was actually third down, and he overthrew the receiver who was actually open. He had beat his guy, but he just completely overthrew him, which I think comes back to – the uh, Landry hit that he took, I think that sort of shook him up a bit. You know, uh, again, I don't have any proof of that, but you know, he missed a really. It was. A, it would have been a touchdown. It would have been an easy touchdown had he just landed that. And that's something that we gotta, you know, make sure doesn't we don't give up with a better team or a better quarterback, I should say. So, um, and also, the bad part about that drive for Denver and Fangio ends up calling it out is that they didn't call any timeouts on that drive. Uh, which left them with no clock at the very end. They should have called a, a timeout on that drive. Then that, you know, he he called himself out on that, but that was pretty significant considering the way the game happened after that. So, um, and then here we are on the last drive. I'll let you kind of take over because I've been talking a lot. Um, but this is where we're on that last drive. So if you want to uh, kind of jump in here, you know, we basically get the ball back right uh, off the punt and we just take it down, down, take it all the way down. So. Yeah, and to touch on the the Denver coaching choices there, he he did kind of say after the fact that you know a little bit of regret. I, what's interesting to me is, and I, I mentioned this to you, is you know he his thought at the time was like we don't want to extend the game. And I think that kind of shows some of those early, you know, coaches' immaturity. And that that's exactly what Denver wanted to do at that point. I mean, you have the lead, you're at home, you do everything you can to milk that clock. Um, so certainly a huge gift that we essentially got at that point in the game to get the ball and still have three minutes left plus our timeouts was was super significant um but this last drive is really the there's one play specifically um although the whole drive was actually super efficient um there were a couple of incompletions although one was due to pass interference but just before the two-minute warning we got a completion to aj brown that went for a first down and that got us to about midfield so we come back from the two-minute warning about a minute 58 left so it's first and 10 and, and it looked like the goal was to take a shot towards the sideline with aj but denver's defender really just came through untouched and so Tannehill barely had any time to to see that and fortunately he was looking AJ's direction otherwise he would have been lit up but what I love about this play is instead of taking the sack which probably would have been for at least five or six yards and putting us in a second and long and probably having to burn a timeout Tannehill throws it away just before he's hit and he puts the ball really just towards AJ but between defenders so it falls incomplete I thought that was one of the most crucial plays of the game at that point because obviously it stops the clock so the incomplete pass, but also avoids the sack. So we keep the yardage, turns into second down, 
and then we get that pass interference and of course get down the field had a shot at, at AJ in the end zone couldn't quite haul it in but comes down to redemption for Gaskowski getting that 25 yarder uh with i think it was about 17 seconds that finally yeah and you know what i co- you actually called out that on that play i actually wrote a note down that you know saffold and luan actually didn't pick up the uh blitz on that particular play um you know earlier how i highlighted that they were able to snuff some of those blitzes out they weren't able to on that play and then that's kind of how uh they ended up getting you know the hit on uh Tannehill, unfortunately. So I just wanted to call that out. And, and, and of course, right after that. Then- so I was just speaking to, you know, the fact that obviously, you know, it was great for us to sign Guskowski, but then he has this, this wretched night, misses all these field goals and an extra point, you know, but Vrabel was quick to kind of point out like, you know, look, we're, we're confident in him. It's not just on one guy, even, even Tanny after the game was like, we had all the faith in the world that last kick, he'd make it. Um, and he's had a better week from, from reports, you know, in terms of trying to improve things himself. And I'm sure we'll see some other things like the blocking improve, but I wanted to include Isaiah Wilson because obviously he hasn't had the best start, um, with, with the off-campus party. And then of course the DUI arrest, but even heard Vrabel talk about him and just highlight that, you know, we, we care about him. We care about these players. We want to make sure that they're okay as people and have what they need. So, I just think it says a lot about our team. Obviously, we we want to be able to win and compete, but we recognize that that there's more to it behind the scenes. Yeah, no, I think that's actually you want to chuck that onto the uh, list of adversity that we faced, you know, throughout this whole week. I mean, uh, having to travel to Denver, having to know that you know a pl- uh, our first round pick, who you know he's a a pretty big deal, uh, and he went in huge mistake on his part. Uh, I believe, you know, we all deserve a second chance, so I'm not going to be too hard on him, but it's just frustrating considering that he had already had a mishap with the, uh, the college, uh, trespassing that he had gotten earlier in, in preseason. And then to kind of follow that up with a DUI is just not a good look for him. But that being said, uh, like you, uh, Vrabel seemed pretty confident that they can kind of turn him around. So hopefully it's just him being kind of young and, you know, not understanding that, you know, things are a lot different than in college now. So hopefully we can, you know, kind of salvage that pick. Uh, If not, it'd be a huge miss for John Robinson. But again, you just can't account for things that players do on, on their own time sometimes. Um, But yeah, no, I think it it was, it was good to see the team kind of work through that because I really thought maybe that could have been a possible distraction. You know, I think uh, again, had we, had we lost this game, I think we would have been talking about how terrible that was that he got that DUI and that that was a big problem. And then again, Evans came in out of the game, you know, but instead they just went through, pushed through all of that and got all, got the win. Yeah. Know? I mean, it, 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 you hear Vrabel talk about it a lot. It, it, it's hard to win football games. Um, even if you play perfectly, we didn't play uh, that way, but we still managed to get the win. I, I think it's just, it says a lot about our team where we are right now. Obviously we want to continue to improve, um, so, so on that note, as we look at, at week two home opener hosting the Jags, uh, you know, this is interesting. Both teams are going to be one and zero going into this game, um, with the Jaguars getting that win over Indy, uh, last week. How are you feeling about this game? I mean, what do you think it's going to take to get another Titans win? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about the game. Um, I think that, that, uh, we're going to have to run the ball. Uh, I know we 
we did have over 100 yards. Henry had over 100 yards, but no scores. Uh, but I think we're definitely going to have to run the ball. Uh, kind of looking at some highlights of the Colts and Jaguars game, uh, they they seem to play some pretty soft uh, run defense. Um, but also to uh, credit of Marlon Mack, uh, he had a really great game. I mean, he's so fast. He's so dynamic. I think that gave their run defense a lot of trouble. But at the same time, I just don't think that they're kind of built for that. They seemed like their secondary was playing really well, though, with the you know the the picks that they had and, and, and those kinds of things. So they really made Rivers look terrible. Um, not that he didn't do himself any favors by playing terribly. But uh, they, they definitely – the secondary looked pretty strong. So I think running the ball and hitting them there will be key. And then on the other side of the ball, I think uh, – uh, Jacksonville's offense, uh, they actually ran the ball. The stats don't show it. They only had 62 yards from James Robinson. Uh, but kind of looking at the tape, he actually ran the ball pretty decently. You know, he had a 12-yard run. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, Henry only had a 13-yard run, right? It, you know, kind of showing the difference. But And he did average uh, 3.9 yards. So he, he ran strong. And Minshew actually scrambled for some, too, as well. So uh, the defense is going to have to be smart there. And then you know, it seemed like they kind of really dumbed down the offense for Minshew. So he, he had 19 of 20 uh, completions. You that, know, headband. So we'll have to... that headband's on yeah, too tight. Yeah, and, and the mustache. Uh, so It's true. Uh, Mustaches al- alone can cut off circulation <laughs> to the brain. It's, it's, a, it's science, really. Yeah, so so the uh, he, they're definitely going to have to figure him out in terms of not letting him get that simplified type offense. Um, he did take four sacks, uh, you know, it, it was kind of hard to tell from the highlights whether that was uh, just really good play by the defense of, of the Colts or it was uh, him just holding on to the ball long. But that definitely helped him out in his completion to uh, attempt ratio because he didn't, he, you know, those would have been easily four misses probably. So he didn't give that up. So, you know. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. I mean, I, there's a lot that stands out to me. And, and for starters, it's certainly another AFC matchup, but it's obviously the, the divisional matchup, which is really, really important. Um, you know, we're trying to go 2-0, and and that hasn't happened since 2008. Um, so it's been a while since we've managed to do that. And what's interesting on that topic is that 72% of teams that go 2-0 and make the playoffs. So, you know, we're, we're looking to play uh, into January, February, hopefully. And, and this, this is a win that just helps our chances that much more. So it's really important. I think what's interesting is that it's easy to look at this game and think of recent games we've had where we've seen Henry dominate. I mean, the last two matchups, he's got 397 yards, six touchdowns, and he's averaged 11 yards a carry. This was just monster numbers. Uh, and, and the Jags haven't even won in Nashville since November of 2013, <laughs> right? So it's like all this stuff seems stacked against them. But, but here's what's interesting is that like Doug Marone's confident that none of that matters. And he's very much trying to keep their team in a here and now mindset. So if you look at the Jags current roster, there's only 25 of their players that have ever played Tennessee. And that's not even 50%. So from that standpoint, you're, you're looking at a team where a lot of those players haven't gone up against us. They haven't played Henry. They haven't played, you know, our, our Tannehill-driven offense. So I think that's a little bit interesting. They're probably going to have some confidence, I would think, coming off that one against Indy. And arguably, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder uh, for, for how much we've dominated those last few games. 
But our last loss to them did include, you know, having to play Minshew. He actually went 20 of 30 over 200 yards for two touchdowns in our week two loss last year that was in Jacksonville. Um, right. So I don't think this is a give me game. Um, I think that, you know, our win last year against them with Tannehill playing, it was just, we just spread that offense all over the place. I mean, he had a touchdown, Tannehill did, so did Dennis Kelly, Henry had two, uh, AJ Brown. So we had six total touchdowns. We're going to need a, I think a pretty high powered offensive game, um, just to make sure that we keep Jacksonville in their place. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. And it, it, I remember that game last year. Now that you touched on it, we watched the game over at uh, Cheeseburgers uh, back in our old hood, <laughs> and it was pretty disappointing because it it rained that night, and it was kind of sorry to see the Titans drop that game against the the Jaguars. Um, but yeah, no, I I think I think with all of the history going on, uh, we definitely play well against them at home, and it's going to be tough for them to get on the road now. Uh, but uh, even that being said, I don't really think this is a gimme. And I think, you know, you, I can't stress along with what you said that how important it is to win this division game. I mean, it was key to win the first game to kind of, especially on prime time for the franchise, but this one's really key in terms of like how the division and the playoffs kind of play out. So it will be a, a huge game and it's, it's going to take a, a really big effort. I'm, I'm, I think Jacksonville is going to come to play, but I think the only thing that, you know, I sort of fall back on, and I mentioned this a little earlier, was that I think if we get the running game going, Henry just seems to have like every highlight reel against these guys. So yeah, and, <laughs> hopefully and he adds to it. <laughs> Henry's got an interesting thing going here where he only needs 419 yards over the next three games. If he gets that, and that's basically about 133 yards a game. So he would pass Eric Dickerson for the single season record for most yards over the first 16 games of the new quarterback because Tannehill didn't come in until, you know, about halfway through last year. So he's kind of been on this tear, especially since Tannehill took over. And of course, you know, there's so many highlights with, with him in the last year or so against Jacksonville. So I think, I think there's probably more hype so far than any other game or moment on Henry than this one. I mean, you know, everyone remembers the 99 yard run that he had. Um, and of course, even last year, he had a really long run for a score. So I think he'll, he wants to do more. I know that they're now, they're not really concerned with how many carries he gets. It's more about how the game goes. So I kind of see this as like a give and take where you want to see Henry run, but, but the passing is what's going to open that up more and more. So I, I'd really like to see us really try to highlight that play action um, just be super efficient, even if it's, you know, chunk plays just to get things moving and then essentially give it to Henry and let him bulldoze. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, Jacksonville is going to be a little bit more sensitive to the run since they gave up so many yards, uh, last week. Uh, so I'm pretty sure the linebackers are probably going to maybe flinch a little bit more than they should just knowing that Henry's back there. So it'll definitely be a big game for him and hopefully he can take advantage of that. Um, you know, and with Jacksonville, it's, it's really funny. You know, I really think that uh, they give us a hard time, you know, every year. Uh, we normally, you know, I, I think last year we split with them, um, mm -hmm. and normally we do. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tough game. They're going to come to play. Uh, Minshew definitely beat us that first time around, you know, which was interesting considering that Pease was a def defensive coordinator and he was still kind of more of like a, a rookie, if you will, at that point. And, he just seemed to get the better of the defense that day, at least the first time we played them. 
Um, so yeah, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, their coach, he's a, he's a pretty established coach, so it won't be, he probably wouldn't make any of the mistakes that Fangio made there, you know, towards the end of the game. So you won't see any of those kinds of misses. So yeah, it's going to be a fun game. And I think it's going to be a really test of our defense, uh, you know, in offense as well. Um, and, and I wanted to ask you, you know, what, what's kind of your biggest, uh, what's your, what do you see as the biggest threat that Jacksonville has, you know, going up against us like that? This is probably a bit of a uh, douchebag answer, but I, I think it has more to do with us than them. I think it's our health. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're not quite a hundred percent healthy right now. Um, I mean, we did get some good news in that uh, Vic Beasley was a full participant today as, as was Vicaro. Um, but we got a lot of guys that are on the mend, including, uh, you know, Malcolm Butler, Darrington Evans, uh, Lawan was out of practice today. Corey Davis has been limited. AJ Brown didn't practice. Um, it, it's tough. Those are, those are notable players that make a huge impact on our game. So I don't mean it as a slight in that, you know, if Jacksonville were to win, it's because we're not hundred percent. We still got to go out there and win the game, but I just, look, I, I think their biggest weapon is probably just their confidence. Although I think it's a bit inflated. I mean, we are, we're, we're a bigger team. Like this is like, when you go to play a bigger team, you expect to get pushed around. We should be able to push them around. It's just a matter of execution. Yeah, no, that's well said. I, I think it really is kind of a will we shoot ourselves in the foot um, moment. Um, and I don't think we will. I think just judging from all the adversity that we overcame last week, uh, that really won't happen. Uh, I think Vrabel will be prepared. I think the team will be prepared overall. Um, so I think it's going to be a really good matchup and I think the team, uh, you know, should have a very good showing. Um, the only thing that scares me is some of the injuries, you know, having, uh, AJ Brown out for the game, uh, that could be huge because he does open up a lot of things. Not to say that, uh, Corey Davis can't carry the mantle, uh, but it does kind of put us down to like Corey and Humphreys as kind of the more starting guys and leaves us with, Raymond and a guy that we just signed up the uh, practice squad. So, uh, you know, it's kind of tough in that situation. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that we we're so heavy at tight end. You almost kind of imagine they're going to come out with like a bunch of tight end type of routes because with Fersker and Janu and Pruitt just kind of, you know, being super healthy, I imagine we're going to be throwing the ball their way a lot in this game. Why not um, though? I mean, you know, not to just oh, yeah. see, you know, whatever it takes, but you know, as tough as it is to to have to potentially play without AJ Brown, I think there's a couple aspects there. One is that, you know, I think you're really going to see a lot of caution this season. Um, and maybe especially so from our team again, we're, we're, we're not playing the AFC championship game again this Sunday when we're, we're trying to get back there and then some, but it's it's a season. It's a long haul. And I think that we're trying to be smart about understanding where a player is at conditioning wise, health wise to where, you know, maybe even if it's something not as severe, maybe we try to give them extra rest, even if it means they don't play. And it's a huge opportunity for these other guys. I mean, I know we really haven't tested Raymond, so to speak, like in that, you know, go to receiver play a lot of time role, except for I would say that Saints game last year where he did so well up until the end where he got knocked out. I mean, I I think it's just an opportunity. So we have to kind of rely on these guys that are getting called up, signed, moved around. Um, You know, and we got to trust the coaching too, because it's a matter of them trying to put the right guys in the right spot to, to give us the best chance to win. 
Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think they definitely will do their homework and try to find the mismatches in the game. Uh, I think another thing that'll be really interesting is that we will get, hopefully, uh, our first look at Darrington Evans at running back. I think that would actually help Henry out a, a lot, you know, because he, he can't just carry the load all the time. And we didn't really have anybody uh, against Denver to kind of sub in like that. I know McNichols played, uh, you know, a couple of uh, downs and he actually hung in there for a few series and he actually had a penalty called on him for uh, Denver pulling his helmet off, like literally. Um, so it was good to see him in the game. I know he's been on our practice practice squad a few years now, so it was good to finally see him in the actual starting lineup. But I would rather see, personally, Evans kind of step on the field because I think he has a lot to offer if he can you know, stay healthy and get out there. And then, again, if we have Beasley come back in, or sorry, come in finally, uh, that would be a huge help on the defensive line. So Something I'll ask you here. Um, so it is our first sure. game at home this season. Of course, um, really won't be much in the way of uh, fans' presence. But do you think that that has any impact um, for us going into this game to be at home? No, that's, yeah, that's a good, valid question. Um, you know, I think we talked about this uh, at the end of last year was that, you know, we really want to see them win all the home games, you know. They just really have to win at home. And if we do drop one, it's because, like, it was pretty much like a, a regular season playoff game, if you will, that sort of occurred. But against, like, a team like the Jaguars that are just kind of, like, you know, playing to just stay alive. <laughs> Sorry to all the Jaguar fans out there. But, uh, you know, they just really don't take them that seriously. But, uh, you know, I think that we have to win these kind of games at home. And, and there is a little bit of added pressure. I think the team sometimes feels it. You know, uh, but I I think the good thing is with no fans, you sort of don't run into the problem that you see with uh, Titans home games, which is that you have this huge fan base from the opposing team show up due to making Nashville sort of a, a vacation spot. And you end up having half the seating, uh, the, uh, the opposing team, which, you know, is really not that fun when you're there just to see uh you know the other side like that but i don't think they'll have that pressure so i think that might be something that helps them out with no fans just just to kind of get their feet with with a home game and i and i hope they don't really kind of feel that pressure because i i think the whole city's kind of rooting for them you know? yeah and, it's, and not to sound idealistic but i i see all all of it at once i mean i, I think vrabel's got them locked in and everyone's bought in to the point where you know if the nfl was doing like a like a bubble scenario where they were playing all the games in one city or stadium I think we'd be just fine. Um, obviously, we were ready to go on the road in Denver. I think there's probably just good vibes to, to feel like you are at home again, so to speak. Uh, but I think they'll be ready regardless. Um, and it probably will make more of an impact as the year goes on if hopefully we're able to add more fans in. Because then I think that's where you might see some some legitimate uh, boost, so to speak, You know, in terms of what, what it feels like to be there. Yeah, you know, uh, last year, uh, you know, I hate to keep looking at back to last year, but, you know, we ended, remember we ended up going, we played our first game against the Colts at home, and it ended up kind of being a trap game for us, and which made that game kind of unfortunate was it was a, uh, it was an attribute to uh, uh, McNair, Air McNair in that game. Uh, so it was kind of a big deal uh, for that game. We thought, I thought maybe all of that was going to rally around, and then the Colts ended up coming and beat us at home on that first opening game, which was kind of a heartbreaker. But, you know, I think last year we, we, we sort of had so much newness, newness to the team 
uh, everybody was kind of feeling everything out. It just don't really feel like that this year. I mean, you feel like they really got everything by the horns now, you know. And uh, it's I think I think Jacksonville's really got to be worried about coming into town, you know, coming into Nashville with the uh, Titans coming off a big win on Monday. We'll we'll see. I mean, they can't. They're coming off a big win themselves. Uh, Marone says they're they're just trying to focus on that and. He even said they're glad to be playing in Nashville when it's not really cold. So we'll we'll see how things go. I think that's probably a, a good segue just kind of into, you know, how do you see the game going? Do you have a prediction? Yeah, no. And I want to call out that I, I had called it 17-14 uh, last week. Or was it – no, I had it 17 17- – uh, 13, I think. I forgot what I had. I was really close, though. <laughs> and I coincidentally said it was going to win on a Gonkowski kick, which it was. Um, but uh, unfortunately, he missed two in the game. so Or three, I should say. So uh, <laughs> uh, I think this is going to be a close game as well. Uh, I'm going to – I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. But I think the Titans actually do a little bit better on offense compared – because uh, Denver was a much stiffer defense than the Jacksonville Jaguars were. Um, so, uh, but we won't have AJ, but I think, you know, Janu, again, I can't stress enough, he is a budding star at tight end, and I think Henry has another highlight real run. So I, I think they're going to actually score about 24 points in this game. Uh, it's a little scary to go that high, but I think it's at 24. And I think Jacksonville Jar- Jaguars hang out at 14. So I, I'm going to go with a 24-14 Titans win. Okay. I like it. I mean, I, I do have us winning as well. Uh, I guess I'm going to be a little more brave. I'm going to put us at 27-20 with the win. Um, just kind of giving Jacksonville a few scores. And, uh, you know, they always manage to get some field goals as well. Um, but I, I think we will see some better production and scoring, especially out of our offense. You know, we, we did really well in the red zone last year, one of the best teams in the red zone. I, I think you'll see that pick back up. I'm sure Henry will have his moment. I, I do think that, to me, this is one of those games where, where you're going to see just on Denver, but just more so. Um, but I, I do think Tennessee will win. Excited for the game. It'll be good to see him at home. Um, oddly enough, they're going to be rocking the white jerseys and the blue britches again. We've been wearing the same look for those who don't know or don't remember. Same look since. Do you know, Ruben? Uh, no. So the last time we wore anything different was when we had the Saints at home and we wore all Navy um, last year. So the last regular season game we, we won on the road in Houston to go to the playoffs, we wore that. White jersey, blue britches combo. We wore it all through the playoffs. Wore it in the opener <laughs> last week, and we're wearing it again uh, next week. So as long as the laundry team is doing their job, we should be okay. Yeah, no, it, and those are really nice tidbits to bring up. So what 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 gear are you going with now that uh, you kind of know what they're gonna put on? And I, again, this I you normally wear what the team wears, and and you kind of turn it over and you leaf this season. So I'm kind of curious to what you're going to sport on Sunday. Yeah, so so this year, um, you know, that week one against Denver, um, I, I essentially just went with 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 sideline look. My goal was to look as though I was on the sideline with the team. So um, that's that's probably the same mindset that I'm going to try to keep having. I, I'm that person that as the day goes on for game days. I change. So I, I have, you know, warmups that I wear and then I'll change for the actual game because I'm just that passionate about trying to wear as much apparel as possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with 
Henry's jersey's looking pretty good right now because uh, I I think he's going to have a big game against them, or the running game in general is going to really move the ball. Uh, so I really would like to sport his his t-shirt jersey. Uh, if I don't go with that though, I would like to maybe wear my red Titan shirt. It's the only red shirt I have, and uh, sport that, or maybe one of my uh, new white shirts that I haven't uh, been able to wear yet. So it's going to be kind of a those top three within, and the shorts being my. Uh, Probably my Under Armour ones or my Nike ones. I haven't decided yet. So I'm kind of all over the place, I guess, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, the important thing is we won't be alone. I'm sure uh, Titans fans everywhere uh, will be sporting their own swag to support the boys. And uh, we're just uh, just a few days away. I get, actually, again, it seems like all of a sudden it's Thursday night. So a few more days we'll have a uh, kickoff from Nashville, which is – incredibly exciting week two of the football season i'm so thrilled yeah no i'm really excited too first home game uh you know all the all the stuff they've been doing on instagram and and you know around this i don't know if you've caught that you know they did that huge mural uh there Mm -hmm. in nashville uh that was so cool to see so i really hope the city you know i know they can't actually be at the game but i hope that they you know the fans are in the parking lot you know uh, kind of showing their support and, and all the bars kind of sell out around this, you know, the city just to kind of have everybody out. And, and when they do win, you know, the city kind of, you know, maybe people drive around and honk their horns or something, you know, so. Be awesome. I, I mean, I'm going to be making noise as much as I can from Portland. Uh, I'm sure you'll do the same there in Phoenix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. Um, what I thought was interesting is ESPN has us up by 58%. Uh, I don't know how you felt about that. Uh, that thing's usually pretty accurate, so that was kind of nice to see from that perspective. Well, they definitely had but... week one wrong, right? I mean, they had Denver winning that game, so they got that one wrong. Um, you know, right? I, I, you know, and there's obviously you know different things that that go into these uh, matchup predictions, so to speak. Um, I think it's accurate. I mean, I think again, uh, and, and I'm looking now; it's actually 72 percent Tennessee. Um, so oh, they've wow. gone super generous on this, but you know. This is where, again, I, I look at it just as like a lineup. I mean, we essentially have the same team you saw go down the stretch 7-3 and three last year, barrel through New England, barrel through Baltimore, and nearly take the championship away from Kansas City. So we're that same team. I, I do think that we got to get healthy, but we are better. Um, we've added improvement on, on the defense. We've got Clowney. We've got Beasley. I know we haven't seen them all in action yet, but we'll get there. I really think that even though it's going to take some time and we're probably going to take more heat along the way, I think people are underestimating us. I really do. Uh, I think we're, we're poised for a really solid season, uh, 10 wins or more. It's going to be very competitive. I think we're going to be in, in that conversation. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's going it's going to be a really good year. Uh, I did notice that the spread, was at like 11 and now it's at seven and a half. So it's tightening up a little bit, which was kind of surprising. Uh, the over under is at 44. Good plug by the so, way, tighten up. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be a good game. And, and I think, uh, you know, it's going to be one of the funner games to watch because we win this game, we go two and zero, and uh, we pretty much take a hold of the division. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, it's a good thing to, to mention as well, because, um, you know, you've got, Houston that's playing, I believe, Minnesota. Um, and Indianapolis has a has a pretty tough matchup. I'm 
basing on who that is at the moment, but we do have a really good chance here to to have a two-0 record, but also essentially a commanding lead in the division. Yeah, Houston's playing Baltimore. Uh, That's right. So they have Baltimore, and then it's Minnesota and Indianapolis. So, uh, Indianapolis, yeah. Yeah, th- so. those will be interesting games. I mean, I I think that. You know, Baltimore is certainly playing strong, so I think Houston's going to have their hands full. I think there's some legit identity issues uh, with O'Brien and company that they really haven't worked through uh, with that current roster. And look, I mean, it's hard not to root for Phillip Rivers, but he's basically now Phillip Rivers Favre. And you just, (laughs) yeah, he's going to have his moments, but for every moment, there's probably going to be like two picks. So I I just think Indy's in a bit of a world of hurt in terms of, can you really trust that he's going to be accurate enough consistently enough? So what a chance for us to get some, some jump on the division. Yeah. You know, but you know, I could give Indy, I, I, I would be a little bit more inclined to think Indy would win that game, but I give the Texans uh, with Baltimore, no chance at all. Uh, and then what the nice thing is, is that they play uh, after us. So we can actually enjoy our win and watch a nice uh, Texan loss. Hopefully. So. I'm never going to say no chance. This is the Texans. And somehow <laughs> they find a way to be feisty and pesky enough to compete. But but look, again, just, just another day to compete, another chance for us to, to sort of build on that uh, impression that we're trying to make in the NFL. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. So. Uh, any any other thoughts or, or takes that you have? No, man. This has been a, a really good a good session or a good podcast. Cause uh, you know, I was excited to cover the game and kind of look at the next game and uh, you know, hopefully what we can maybe do uh, this week is, is kind of tackle everything a little earlier in the week and, and kind of really kind of get a vibe of, of how we feel off the, off the game, you know, cause uh, we waited a little bit later in the week this week and, you know, of course we, this isn't our full-time job, but uh, it'd be nice. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be nice to kind of, play off that vibe off the win, you know, so we'll, we'll see how it works out next week, but hopefully we can do it a little sooner. Yeah. Well, again, the, the goal is to every week uh, have a recap and then look ahead. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to do that with plenty of Titan wins in the mix. So super appreciate those that are listening. Uh, any feedback is welcome. Um, and uh, wherever you are, hope you're wearing that two-tone blue, tighten up and uh, let's go get that W. Yeah. Same here. Thank you, Bradley. Thanks, everybody who listens. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good week. Time for the win next week. (laughs) See you then, folks. All right.